Hey crew, I'm Cam Explains, and this is Run the Block, the first show that's bringing together coaches, podcasters, and local business owners to innovate and collaborate, because I think there's crazy crossover that no one is talking about between these three amazing groups, from lessons learned to finding untapped and potential new revenue streams. Our goal is to help you get more subs, customers, clients, and more using the perfect formula of know-how, storytelling, and kindness. So you too can easily create content that converts, add more cash to the bank, lift up your community, and ignite your biz without being stuck in no man's land ever again. How to build a community that loves salads and steps, how to increase prices that your members are totally on board with, and what it actually looks like to run a brick and mortar and scale online as an army of one plus one shouts to her hubby. Today's guest is the co-owner of Complete Performance. She is a certified nutrition coach, as well as a certified strength and conditioning coach, not to mention a total badass when it comes to powerlifting, and is one of my favorite humans in the world. And I'm sure once you hear this, she'll quickly be one of your favorite people too, because she gives us a masterclass, folks, on those topics and so much more. Please help me welcome Coach Jordan Davies, co-owner of Complete Performance, to run the block. Jordan Davies, coach, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Cam. Absolutely. You're doing such amazing and wonderful things in your community, in your gym. So I definitely wanted to sit down and have a chat with you. I'm hoping there's going to be a couple of knowledge bombs for people to take away. Not just you know how you've built a, a business, not just how that's maybe affected your relationships as well, not just of your partner, but maybe family and friends as well, but also the community that you built because it's pretty epic in the conversations you and I get to have I'd say almost daily about the things that you're doing, the way you've been able to gamify and just really build a place that people enjoy and have fun. Cause I mean, that's kind of what it's all about, right? Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about the community stuff that I've done and I come from a very unique avenue in this of, I have only been a part of gyms and businesses that are very community focused. So the one place that I went that didn't have that, it was like, something is wrong here. And that was where I was very adamant that I was not going to have a business that was run without a sense of community and working with you, working with Michael and kind of bringing that into everything that I do was something that like, I was all, I was all for because it's, I don't know, communities, it's, they're there for working out. They're there for fitness, but community is really what they're after. Like moms want to be with other moms. They want to be with other people who know what they're doing. Girls love to chit chat, gossip, all sorts of things in the gym on top of their workouts. Guys like to do that too, but you know, I work with primarily females, and that's to be able to create a space that they want to be in and to do that with is is pretty fun. Tagline, hook, line, and sinker. You've just given us a case study tagline for I lead. You've <laughs> chatted about community. I think we can just wrap it from here. <laughs> this end episode, we're done. We're we're closing it out here. Jordan is not a paid sponsor. Absolutely not. I would be if you wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We can just go go right down the line on branding. You're you're really, really, really good at it. So um, has that always been something that you... I mean, I know you said that you knew that you've been in places where you didn't feel that and then you knew it's something that you wanted to do. But like, where does that come from? That sense of like community and like wanting to build that? Because a lot of people are good... I'll call them trainers, right? A lot of people are are good at nutrition or, you know, they have clients and they're good at telling them like workouts, but a lot of people don't care about the community they build. Like they'll talk about connection and like, yeah, you need to connect with your client, but 
you know, you mentioned a Facebook group and they're like, Oh no, I don't want to be on Facebook. I don't want, right. So like, where does that come from? Is that because you like, and have a background in team sports? Is that just something that you've always just kind of liked to be a part of other things or where does that come from? I think a lot of it does come from team sports. There has never been a time where I participated in an individual sport, which is funny because we'll, we'll talk about my husband later, but that man has only done individual sports. (laughs) I, I played collegiate softball. I've coached collegiate softball, high school softball. I'm the director of a softball program. Like team aspect is a huge part of what I do. And I think that's a big part of it. Like I have always enjoyed being a part of my team. Every, I remember my dad had, he had a barn in the backyard. I mean, I guess he still does. It's not like he tore it down, but I do hitting, I do softball stuff back there. And like everything I was doing was for my team. Yes. I wanted to perform better, but I wanted to perform better for my team. So team mentality has always been super motivating for me, but the first gym that I ever worked at was like total, just, I wasn't meant to do this for the rest of my life. I swore I would never be a personal trainer. My sister actually connected me with the gym she was working out at. They were in about an hour away, opening up a new location, 20 minutes from my house. And she's like, I think you'd be really good at this. I think you'd really like it. So I said, okay, went, met the guy. This was a dumpy warehouse. I mean, talk about a job interview. I'm scrubbing toilets, floors. This was like the dirtiest of dirty places I've been in. And this guy's whole family is there helping. I'm like literally brought into this man's family and I don't even have a job yet. So that place was built off of community and family. And I was all in on that. I'm like, I need to watch what this guy does because this, like he has been so successful in running a gym up in St. Cloud. I want to be able to do the same and help him do the same in Fridley, Minnesota, because this is awesome. And it was a very challenge oriented gym where people would come in you know, you have anywhere 30 to 40 people come in for a new challenge. They're there for six weeks. Yeah. We're trying to like bring them in, keep them in for the challenge, stay a part of the community. And I just learned that my role was at that point to make them fall in love with the room that I created. So if I could get them to love me as a coach, love the person that they work out with and make them have fun while they're, you know, changing their diet, their muscles are so sore. They can't get up and down off the toilet they're going to want to stay more and they're not just going to want to take their money and run after six weeks. So I really bought into doing everything for this community and really building that community. And that was, that was a really cool thing to be a part of as a 22, 23 year old kid. Like I went from playing in teams to now I'm like the, the quote unquote coach of a team, but this team is totally different. And then I, I left and I went, I, you know, it was time to grow up and I had kind of reached the top of where I could be at that place. I took a job working in corporate fitness. I got a big time promotion. I got all the good stuff that comes with big girl jobs, but that was not a good community. I remember actually being told that I need to socialize and interact with our patrons less because my job was not to socialize. And wow. I'm like, you want me to sell more personal training packages. You want me to have more people attend group sessions. Now, these group sessions, this was a free membership as part of their employment in the building. So they like the if they came to a group session, they weren't losing any. Like 
They weren't making more money. They weren't losing more money. I made more money if I sold a personal training package. So like, I want to get to know these people. I'm also like, this is what I did for three years working at this other place. I'm ready. Like, I know how to talk to people. I know how to build a community. And it, it was a kind of an, a unique place. And there were two branches of management that I had to operate to. So I was a contracted in company and I had the building management. And the building management was all for my style of community building. But my contracted employer was not. They were like, this is your job. These are the things that you're supposed to do. You like you respond to us. And I get that. But at the same time, like I see the bigger picture. Like building management could decide they don't want any of us anymore. And I'm gone. So I still, I within my boundaries, I'm like, I'm gonna hustle and grind. I'm gonna do everything that I can that like gets my all of my tasks done. But I'm still gonna find ways to like blow these people away by all of the community stuff that we can do and the fun stuff that we can do. And the people loved it. I I was only there for five months because then we got this super cool, awesome opportunity to open our own gym. But the people were like, oh my gosh, like the things that you did in your short time here was amazing. Like we love this stuff. It's fun. I still follow them on social media to see the stuff that they still do. And I'm like, that, like I left my mark on that place in five months. And that was to say that I did that was pretty cool. And I think that their whole their community is better off for it. Knowing what I know about you, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like your personality, who you are, like if you're like, no, forget that. Like I know who and what works. Like I'm going to do this thing like that. That sounds exactly like you because I'd have to imagine most people probably in that, especially working for a big box, like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, it's, yeah, you're right. Whatever you say, as long as you keep sending me paychecks. Thank you. Yeah. And like the guy that I worked with was, I mean, the man was just a Debbie Downer and he was like, he had a little rebellious side in him, but not in the right way. Like mine was rebellious for maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. I, mine's for the good, the, the better cause, right. I'm, I'm doing this for a good cause. His was like, I'm doing this for a selfish cause. I'm going to rebel because this is what I want to do. Yeah. He was not on board with my ideas all the time, but I'm like, whatever, I'm your boss. Like you <laughs> do what I say, man. <laughs> I tell you to go outside and set up beanbags and, and workouts. You go set up beanbags and workouts. That's what I want. Get to work. Beanbags yeah. and workouts. <laughs> Seriously, I like I set up a beanbag league. We had they did it one year prior and they had 10 teams for beanbags. I had 36 teams for beanbags. We would collaborate it. So they would like we do some like some stretching. We do some like exercises in their beanbags games. So they'd get a a game of bags and a workout in at the same time. And it's like boom, boom, check off two things off your list today. And you could win $300 at the end. That was your prize. So take it. So got some fun, got a good workout and game and fight it with some, some cash prizes. I love it. Done. That's a perfect triangle right there. Yeah. So you went hustle and grinded for somebody, started to learn about community there, saw like what could happen because as you said, which was, I think a beautiful way to put it, you know, what's going on in the room. Whenever I like, I love to go through and try and like pick apart what makes someone great at something, whether it's like creating videos, an athlete, whatever it is. And one of the things that people always come back to is like being a master of your craft. So it sounds almost like even probably before you knew it, you were picking up the ideas on how you become a master of your craft and having that room be the most important thing possible. And how can I make this experience the best possible experience for anyone who walks through that door during their time is how that happens. So it sounds like 
like even maybe did you know that at the time did you realize like that's what was happening or did you just kind of because you said that you saw like the condition of the gym what it looked like but yet people were still coming and it was still kind of successful so like were those like little nuggets you were picking up or did you like already kind of like know that that was possible i don't think i really knew it was possible i think it was when i started i mean i was so new as a coach i mean I have a degree in this. I'm working on a master's degree. Like I'm a baby coach. I'm thinking what I need to do to be a coach is to know muscles better, to be the best technical coach there is. But, you know, at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm coaching a room and I don't actually know these things. So like fake it till you make it, but how do I fake it and not let them know? And I really don't know. Like I somehow came out of my little serious nerdy shell when I was there. I mean, I was, I was your nerdy jock. Like that's a rare combination, but that was me all through college. And I don't think those exist together. I like, I am unique. I am definitely unique. I, I just realized that if, if I'm not having fun, if I'm not willing to come out of my shell in front of these groups, they're not going to like, we opened in, they opened in August and so the first like major holiday was Halloween. And I remember thinking if there, if I don't dress up for Halloween, I hate dressing up for Halloween. I hate it. If I don't, none of them will. So I need to go above and beyond. And it's, sure enough, what do I do? I'm workout Barbie, like workout Barbie, <laughs> also not my personality, but I mean, I still see those pictures. Like we had somebody dressed up as Big Bird. We had a couple dressed up as Thing One and Thing Two. Like people went all out for these costumes and it just started to become a thing. Like whenever we had a holiday, a festivity, Jordan's going all out, which means like I eliminated that barrier of like, I don't want to be the different person in the room. And that was when I started to realize this is kind of my job here. This is kind of my role. Lead really fun workouts. But also, like, let them know that it's okay to to step out and have fun in these workouts as well. And I think we we've talked about my onesies a little bit. I have a massive collection of onesies from all these times. I've done things like I dressed up as my boss one day. He was a super big biker, not like motorcycle biker, like pedal biker. So I am in like spandex shorts. I'm in like I'm in like a full biker suit one year for Halloween. I did 25 days of Christmas. So every day I would wear a different Christmas outfit leading up to Christmas. I mean, <laughs> like I just did the most, that was where I learned like, this is, this is my thing. And that was where I started to really make this a fun community thing. I've made Minnesota Vikings themed videos for our clients. Like it's yeah, just the community style fun. Like we're just going to look really dumb sometimes. It makes everyone else like I just imagine somebody who's never been to a gym thinking about how dumb they're going to look, looking up at me in a workout Barbie costume, thinking I cannot look any dumber than this girl right here. That's such a good point, though, because it's like one you weren't comfortable with it, but you realized like to get out of your comfort zone was very important because you're pulling actually clients out of their comfort zone as well, just because of how intimidating something like going to a gym can be or attending yeah. a class or asking for help when it comes to nutrition, because intuitively we're all just like, oh yeah, we know we shouldn't eat these things, but like, then what? Yeah. Yeah. So just did a lot of unique things and it started to like, 
<laughs> then we had the issue of like, I coach all the morning sessions and like two, two to three evenings a week. Like the morning sessions were stacked and the evening sessions were meh, they were average. And it, it was like, we have to find ways to like bring more of this to the afternoons. And I was all for it. I'm young. I'm 23, 24 years old at this point. I'm like, I'll work every, t- I'll work every time. I want to make money. I like love what I'm doing. I'm working Absolutely. all the time. Hungry. Yeah. Like I just want to like make more people have fun because I hear people who sporadically come to my classes and they're like, we, we wish you could coach our sessions. We wish you were there. And I'm like, done. Like I'll do it. Like I'd have, I'd be happy to step in and create that experience for you. In hindsight, sometimes I'm like, why didn't you tell them to come to your morning session? Like nobody's doing anything at five o'clock in the morning. So come yeah. on over, come on over. But I don't want to toot my horn with it, but I did a really good job of creating a community for that place. And, you know, I left, it was a little, a little awkward leaving because they thought I left six months later from the new job to open this gym. They thought that was the plan the whole time. But I still like, I love seeing the stuff that they still do that some of it, again, like I helped to create and the community stuff that they do. It's just fun to see and to think that like, what would that place not have been if it wasn't for me and and my boss? My boss was a huge influencer on this as well. Um, he has now also stepped away and, and moved into a different career path. But if we wouldn't have been willing to kind of get out of our bubbles and to get uncomfortable ourselves, where would that place be? And where would all these people be? So you went from this smaller niche gym, we'll say that, you know, didn't have all the fixings, mom would say, but you saw what you could do if you put everybody in a room and made it the, the best possible room that they could be in for experience. You went to the opposite end of that big box gym, right? Where it's all about turnkey as in like turnover on packages. What can you sell? Where's your volume at? You're trying to make money. They want you to make more money. They don't care about that. And then you said you had an opportunity to open up your own gym. Now that sounds kind of strange to me because... I've never just been walking down the street and someone's like, Hey, do you want to open up a gym? Cause I'd probably be like, yeah, like, dude, if you're like fronting it and we got a place and you know, the good location, like, let's go, I'll, I'll run it today. Yeah. So um, how, how, how does that happen to have the opportunity to open a gym? Just got to, you know, just got a package in the mail said, Hey, start a pack. <laughs> no, softball has always been really good to me, which is why I continue to be good to the sport. I mean, it helps me get an education It helped me. It, I mean, it got me a free master's degree. It's gotten me a lot of experience. And the game just can, continues to pay me back. And this is one of those situations where it it really did. The guy that I was doing, I do lessons for his company. He had this secondary space. It was a, a hitting tunnel for softball. So like the coin operated machines, you just put your coin in. He's like, hey, I think I want to kind of convert that space. I want to be done with the machines. I want to use that space a little bit more for our pitching lessons but we don't need the whole space. Would you guys be interested in running a training center out of there? They were also dissolving their partnership with their sports performance company that they had been using. And lo and behold, I'm married to a man who does all sports performance training. So this is a, this is a cool partnership. And it really was like, this is end of May, beginning of June. And he's like, yeah, we'd like to like, maybe look at doing this and like, you know, August, September. Okay, cool. Like, let me know. And then all of a sudden, mid July, it's like, okay, so yeah, we'd like for you guys to start moving in middle of August. And we want you to be like up and running September 1st. Okay. Um, so I got to quit my job. I have to make sure that this works financially. 
sure, let's uh, let's quit the job that I just started five months ago. So I gave my notice. My the guy who who does the softball stuff, he was willing to meet and match my salary from my job. So I would do lessons for him. I would start to build my training business, but I was not taking a hit financially at all, which was that was really the kicker of like Brian's not losing any clients. He's just taking everyone to a new location. I'm getting to build my my general population clientele and I get to I get to still coach softball at the same time. So it really was like this opportunity plopped on our laps that was like very, very short time frame of which honestly is is the best. I if I would have had longer to think about it, I would have overanalyzed and probably ran from it. But we just said, you know, we're, we might not ever get an opportunity like this again. So we better take it. And now looking back at it, six months later, we the world shuts down and there's no way. I mean, we wouldn't have been offered this opportunity if things would have played out like that. My boss- Six, six months that. post that is when yeah. 2020, right? Took over. Yeah. Six wow. months. Like, so so I it's mean, like the perfect storm fell onto your lap of like, here's all these things and here's how all they all these things together. Yeah. Your husband can take his business and train out of here. So nothing changes there. You're offered a competitive pay rate, plus you get to build your gin pop. Dang. And it's just yeah. six months before the the world ended up shutting down. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a it's funny to think about it because he honestly, he would have his lease would have ended to this space. He would have just dropped the lease and said, you know, I don't need this space anymore. The space wouldn't have been available. We wouldn't, I mean, I would still be doing who knows what training, maybe still working at a corporate fitness center, maybe doing something else, but the opportunity would have totally been gone. I mean, this pandemic would have just totally shut it down and just, there it goes. Keep on doing what you're doing. Brian and I knew this was something we wanted to do. It was honestly on like our five-year plan, maybe to start thinking about it. And with how everything played out, it probably would still be from where we are today, probably another five years before we were, were ready for it. Wow. So what's going through your mind during that time then when the world is shut down? Like this, this is fascinating. Like I, I didn't know this. So you go in, now you've become an entrepreneur essentially, right? You went from mm-hmm. working from somebody to working for a corporation to now full-on entrepreneur and then chaos ensues. So because it, it's interesting because of the dynamics you have, you have your husband who's training people right? For income for your household. You Then you have somebody else who you're reliant on for them to bring in clients for your income. And then also you're trying to grow your own business yeah. as well. So what what happens there? Like, did you guys like shut down and then just like start calling in favors for like debt relief or like what, what happened? It honestly, so the craziness gets even crazier. So two, Three weeks prior to the pandemic, prior to everything shutting down, I was in a pretty severe car accident and I actually, I had a severe concussion. I had a brain bleed. Like I was really, oh my God, (laughs) I was largely unable to work. And it was like, okay, like this is, this is really crappy. And then things shut down. And at that point, like we found this, this bleed, we were like, okay, I, I like, you need to just kind of lay down and that's, that's what you need to do. And in my head, I'm like, this really sucks. But at the same time, this is what I need. Like I need a reason to not be able to work. 
So we were, I mean, we were, we were panicked to say the least, like I can't work. So I can't go get a job somewhere else. We reached out to all of our clients. And I think this really, this, this is what solidified the community aspect to what we do. I reached out to every single client personally, sent them a text, called them, whatever said, Hey, like, here's the deal. I'm going to run zoom classes. I'm going to run three zoom classes a day from my home, from my living room but I need you to respect like where I'm at health wise. If that doesn't work for you and you need to financially or for whatever reason, want to put your membership on hold, I'll do it. And I'm going to post a workout every day, regardless. So like, if you can't make the zoom sessions, you at least have something to do, but this is like, this is what I'm willing to do. And we had two people at that time. We, I probably had like 35, 40 clients. I had two people who wanted to put their membership on hold. One of them, it was financial. The other, it was, I'm not going to do anything from my own home. I need to go to a gym to do something. So I just like, I just can't pay for this right now. And to think that we had two people say that is like, it's still like, it, it blows me away because we are, we are six months into this. These people know me, but they don't know me that well. Right. They don't know how I run a business that well. And they're like, no, we're here. We're with you. Like, we've got your back. This is no big deal. We're totally in for, for whatever this ride is like. And I ran a lot of zoom workouts from my living room. I like I'd get up. I, we did, we were living in a town home at the time, super small, Brian's sleeping in the other room. I'm like running a workout in, in my living room. I'm sure my neighbors are probably thinking I'm absolutely nuts. <laughs> I run one at, I think five 30 in the morning, eight 30 in the morning, and then 5.30 PM. And it was like, we had a lot of people who went and it was pretty cool to see how many people participated, how many people still participated outside of the Zoom sessions. We tried to do some, some workouts in my, in my yard. Not a lot of people were, were for that once summer rolled around, but we really, our people were incredible to us during that time. And we actually, in Minnesota, we shut down three times. So it mm. was, we shut down, we opened in June. We shut down briefly for like a two week period. And then we shut down again, Thanksgiving, all the way through the new year of, of 2020. Wow. So, and, and still like two people, two people is all that, that asked to, uh, to not be charged during that time. So I definitely want to, I want a forward pace slash future pace slash. I want to go back. But I do want to uh, tie maybe a little bow on this. And is that because of community, right? There are so many businesses that have failed, mm -hmm. right? Even if they probably maybe would have failed if there weren't a bunch of shutdowns, right? Like the statistics of a business from two years. And then if they've made it past two to five years is like very unlikely, right? Mm -hmm. So is that because you then tied back or not tied back down that you buttoned up one community, right? And made sure they had places to go during this time. But two, because before that, right? If your business is only five, six months old, like you've not had a bunch of time probably for most people to like build that trust and and gain that. So is is that what that was just based around? Was it two people canceling out of 40-ish? Is that because of what you'd already built? Or is that just because like, we're the only gym within 75 miles, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it that? I think a big part of it is, and our clients say it's because we offered more than just 
a recorded workout or just something posted in a Facebook group. A lot of people around us were like, Hey, we might run, you know, one, one live workout a week, maybe two, three workouts that are live. We'll post a recording. Um, but I was like, no, like I'm not doing anything. I'm going to run three live workouts a day and I'm going to post something. So I had a lot of people that were like, you're doing a lot more than what other gyms in your community are doing. When we, we, when we reopened, I, we got a lot of clients. I mean, instantly, I think in the first two weeks of opening, I think we had seven new clients in that time. And a lot of people were like, you're just doing so much to one, keep people safe and two, keep people going. And that's awesome. Like I still ran, I would be running a group session with a zoom alongside of it. So people just loved that. I was willing to find any way to keep them going. And I think that was like, that was, that was really where I built trust with people of, I hadn't built that trust yet necessarily, but for them to see what I was willing to do and the lengths I was willing to go for them to be able to continue doing what they signed up to do. That was like, oh, like she means business. She means this is serious for her. This is not just some hobby. This like my health is important to her. And it it is like, I coach people. I don't coach numbers. I don't coach just programs. I don't coach robots. I coach human people who they're also sitting at home during a pandemic and they want to just their satisfaction in their body doesn't automatically change because the world shut down. In fact, it probably gets worse. So their desire to change what they eat, change how they work out is probably a little bit higher because they just have to look at themselves in the mirror all day. It just sounds like they knew they could count on you. Just mm-hmm. just plain and simple. They knew, as you said, yeah. that they knew you had their best interests in mind. And that whether it was advice on what to do, where to work out, or just in general, they could count on you. Plain and simple. And they knew when they came to you, not only could they trust what was going on, but if they were in your room, they're going to get the best experience possible. Even if yeah. they had to be on a phone with Zoom because they didn't feel comfortable coming back to the gym. Yeah. So I want to uh, kind of back up a second before we go on, because just to like give everybody a little teaser, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say how many, can I say how many members you're at? Like, I don't know the exact number, but I know where you're, yeah, you're over or teetering at the hundred member mark, right? So mm-hmm. you've now almost tripled in size, which is amazing for you guys. So yeah. job well done. And yeah. I know you got plans to to keep going. So what I want to go back though is because I'm hoping, you know, any, whether they're local or small business owners that they're listening to this, like how were you able to grow? Was it your network, right? So going from, you know, you had some price softball clients, your, your husband had softball clients or uh, athletes that were coming to him, not necessarily softball. And so how did you go from zero to the 40-ish, you know, six months before yeah. everything shut down? Was that just leveraging network partnerships? Did you like run ads? Did you just door knock? Like, how did you actually get to that number? So we really just built connections and conversations with the people that we we had in our space, as well as, I mean, I look at it, like, how do we do this? I always feel like I don't, I have not done social media as well as I, like, I see some other people, but again, it's like, I'm only looking at a part of you, Cam, on Instagram. I'm only looking at a part of Michael. Like, you don't see the full picture. We really have, everything has come through my social media. I mean, I would say we are literally at like 85% has come through my social media. Oh, wow. That's huge. And it really is like, I 
always was like, if I give somebody something for free, they're going to remember that. Like, so I was at, like, I gave away the moon. Really? We, we joke about my VEC vault and it really, like, I just was like, boom, I'm going to build this and I can give that to somebody. And like, boom, I'm going to build that. And I'm going to give that to somebody. And I really did. Like, people were like, Hey, I really love this. Like they want to talk more about coaching. Some of these are past clients who have, they've, they've been around the block and they've tried a few things since the last time they worked with me and they've come back because I've been friends with them on social media and I'm active and I see them and I, I stay in touch with people. Like when I reach out to people, I think that's where a lot of coaches go wrong is they reach out with the idea of making a sale in mind. My intention is to reach out. I genuinely, if I'm asking about how your kid's birthday is, or like a woman I I texted today, her daughter went to kindergarten for the first time yesterday. And I messaged her and I was like, I knew this girl when she was two years old. I hope she had the most amazing day of kindergarten. Can't wait to hear about it. And she sent me this message back. She had the best day, blah, blah, blah. Here's what happens. Like, I don't have any intention of selling this woman on training. If she wants to then say like, cool, like now that she's in kindergarten, I have more time to to come train. Awesome. Like, I'm happy to have that conversation. But I think that was a huge piece of it is reach out with the person in mind. And if you don't know them, that's okay. Like find a connection, always find something in common with another individual. And that's a huge sell. I mean, we've tried ads. We don't think they work great for us. They, we just haven't found the right means for it or the right way to do it. And that's fine because what we're doing is working. We started to run things like referral challenges because we've poured into our people so much. Let's ask them, you know, and I think Michael referred a book to me at lunch with Lucy. That was what it was. He referred that book to me. And I, that's where I learned about being transparent as an owner. And that was, I think a real good catalyst for a referral challenge of like, Hey, like we really want to grow, you know, Hey, I'm like, I'm 29, 28, 29 years old. I have bills to pay. I have loans to pay. I, you know, I would like to make, I would like to make more. And people are okay hearing that. And to be transparent about those things in a positive way, that is, that is a difference of you have to be transparent in like, I'm not, you know, I'm not making enough money. I'm not, I'm not where I want to be. It's like, (laughs) Hey guys, just let you know, I'm, you know, I'm five, six years post-college still working on student loans here. Would love to, uh, love to pay those off someday. Uh, we're still trying to grow. And my clients love to hear that. They love to hear where we're at. We ran an awesome referral challenge. You helped me put that together. And we picked up that like seriously catapulted a massive role for us. We picked up like 35 clients in a very short period of time for that. And that was awesome. But to really just like to sum that up, we just continue to kind of pour into our people and be honest and open with where we're at, connect with the human, connect with what they, you know, what they came to us for. And people, people want to buy that. They want to buy somebody who cares because this is, this is a caring business, you know? Yeah. They care about how much, you know, but what motivates them is to continue doing what they're doing because you care about them and you know that they're, you're going to ask, they know you're going to ask. With so much of this going back to, you said you just kept giving and giving and you didn't care. You just wanted to actually have conversations with people. Is that just, again, just, is that just who you are? Like, do you naturally just go talk to people? Like, or is that like, because you said earlier, like you're not the the girl who dresses up like Barbie and goes into the gym, but you understand the experience. So is that just something that just, again, you knew to do, or is that something that you've actually had to work on, which is like having conversations? Because everybody knows the cliche. It doesn't matter if you're in health and nutrition space, 
in business space, doesn't matter what space you're in, when you go to send messages on social media, everyone now just expects there's a sale coming, right? What's your angle, bud? Like, I don't know how many times I just send messages to people just to connect. And like, you can tell by how they're responding, they're waiting for a pitch. Yeah. And I, I, I'm like, I, I'm not, I don't have anything to sell you. I wish I did, but like, I don't, I'm just trying to actually ask like what your thought process is. How do you work? Like, why did you come to that conclusion? I have to give shout out to my dad because my dad is like the ultimate networker. People always make jokes to my dad that, you know, you know, all he knows everyone, he knows everyone and he does. And my mom always says, you're just like your father. You're just like your father. And I'm like, no, I'm not mom. I'm not. I'm a lot more like my dad than I give her credit for. Like I, I won't admit it to her, but I, I've just watched him and he connects with so many people. And he always, even still to this day, he is like, Hey, you know, I thought of this person, you know, are you, are you interested in meeting this person? Are you interested in connecting with this person? And to watch the way that he communicates with people and we're similar in that way. And like, we, we just want to know more people and help more people. and. He sometimes is on the right rabbit hole of like, you know, hey, you you worked with a client who has a has a history and training. We're looking for more coaches. Yeah, like definitely pass her information, my information along to her, vice versa, so that we can chat and see if she's a good fit for coaching with us. I don't necessarily care about like, I don't know if you guys have waste management out there. They're like a garbage company here. Like I I don't work with garbage men and women. Not saying I wouldn't, but that's it's not my ideal clientele. I've I've yet to have somebody come in and say they're an employee of waste management, but you know, I really, I've watched him and he just, the way he is able to find commonalities with people and ask questions and meet new people is impressive to me. And if my dad can be as successful as he is, he is totally not in health and fitness whatsoever. He's in, he's in finance and the position he's in, he's, oof, I'm going to butcher it. He's either vice president or president or we'll go president. We'll say he's president. Sure. Absolutely. Put him at the top. Yeah. Whether he's there or not, uh, where he's at, like he's a very, for, with a very large company. And for him to be the president is a very cool position. And you know, yeah, he's good at what he does. He's good at crunching numbers, but he got there because of the people he knows and the people that he is, he has worked with. And that was something I was, I, I want to apply to my business. I, I can be in, I'm a good coach. I know my stuff when it comes to muscles, when, when it comes to nutrition, but. I can, I can know and connect with more people and that's going to make me even better at what I do. Absolutely. I mean, the old, you know, cliche statements, your network is your net worth, right? Mm -hmm. Our generation, I think, you know, we saw our parents and they either, you know, maybe got jobs and had like decent salaries or could, you know, they knew the, the path to work their way up or like your dad who probably started low and worked his way up all the way to vice president or president. Several of my friends' parents are like that. My parents, you know, capped out what they were doing with their like master's plus 50, I think it's called when you teach, like that's their cap. It was a very yeah. straightforward path. But for us, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, there, there is no path, right? It, yeah. And so like, you're just doing things every day. Most of the time you have no idea what you're doing. So like, if you're not building a network and actually connecting with people, because it doesn't mean as you're saying that they're going to instantly either have your ideal client in mind or they're your ideal client. It could be three years down the road that you've built up this relationship and now they all of a sudden have met somebody and they're mm -hmm. like, yeah, you need to go talk to Jordan because she does this. She actually helps um, you know, girls out that are developing for softball and she gets them ready for college and gets D1, D2 scholarships. And all of a sudden, then that person knows a whole 
group of girls that need training, you know, and they're ninth graders coming in, right? Now you out of nowhere have you gotten 20 new clients because of the relationship you started three years ago. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every I like I look at the entirety of my being, it's all because of connections. Like I wouldn't be here without softball, which like I had to know a coach to get into the game of softball. I got very late into the game of softball. Like I had to know somebody to get in and I had to know somebody to get to the next level, to the next level, to recruit it as a collegiate athlete, to a collegiate coach, to coaching at my first gym, to opening my own business. I mean, it's all about who, you know, and building that was, it's fun. Like it's fun to look back at how everyone is intertwined and now to see it pay back and have somebody who was like, oh yeah, I met you at this event you were at and you know, you were like, I've met you. It just wasn't the right time now, but now I'm ready. Okay, cool. I'm like, I'm still here. Still here. Let's go. Well, yeah. Let's do it. Absolutely. So I want to circle back and, and I know we've hit this a couple of times. So I hope my mom, my sister, probably the people listening that, that we've nailed this one down for them, at least mom, sis, hope you guys start up your, your side business, your side hustle. You mentioned something about, you know, making money and being transparent. Because when we all look at social and we see the dude with the Lamborghini, we've got it in our heads like, okay, there's probably three types of people that are posting that pic. One, the fake it till you make it, right? You just rented that shit for like $200 for the day, went out and took a bunch of pictures, right? The influencer type. Mm-hmm. You have the butthead type who wants to flaunt the money that they have now because they think they are somebody. Also, it's not a great place. And then there's the third individual, which... I hope is what most people are doing, but what I think we seldom think about, and that's the person just showing you what you could, uh, you know, aspire to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I was actually this this type of person, but because of what I've done, the community that I've built, I'm now here. And going back to what you've said several times here about building a community, I think if you do build a community, if you do, just so you guys know, Jordan's Jordan's dogs are attacking her, which is amazing. <laughs> if you actually like build that community out. And actually the people there know that you care about them. They don't care how much money you're making. I mean, again, if you're nickel and diming them and charging them you know, crazy rates and you've raised them a bunch and you don't have that trust building with them, sure, that's a side conversation that you're probably not going to have a sustainable business. But if you're offering them whatever your rate is, whether it's $99 or $299 for their group classes, but giving them your all and they know that you're getting them results, they know that you have their best interest in mind. And on top of that, you've now made a decent living for yourself. They're probably cheering you on the whole time. Like I never, ever, when I was in uh, in running a facility, ever, ever had someone come up to me and be like, man, I'm really disappointed in you for, for making X amount of money. Yeah. I had a client today who was like, so how, like now that summer's almost over, like how would you say business is overall? And I was like, business is really good. She's like, what, like, are you, are you at the point that you want to be? Like I said, well, <laughs> to be fully transparent, like, it's not me to be like, I'm totally satisfied where I'm at. Like, I'm always like, what's next? But I said, you know, I just said, Hey, we want to be at 120 clients by the end of October, which means we need to add roughly 20 clients. And she's like, that's awesome. Like how, how did you come to 120 clients? I said, honestly, like that just, we kind of looked at like, that was our next milestone as well as we want to, we want to bring in another coach. We have potentially a coach in mind who would be able to start maybe middle to end of October and to be able to, I mean, I'm doing a lot of work right now because I'm, I'm doing it all about myself. My husband's doing his half. I'm doing my half. The money is, is great. Like the, <laughs> Hey, it's great, but I work a lot to be able to keep that same amount of money, but to just have these new clients be feeding my new coach. 
would be great. You know, it's like my clients are like, oh, that's like, that's totally awesome. That makes sense. And before I would have been totally embarrassed to say that and just uncomfortable. But I, money makes me, I'm always like, money is not my favorite topic for a dad and so heavy in finance. I don't know. I didn't get that from him. I'm not like my dad in that aspect. But I'm just like, I need to be honest about where I'm at. And I think when we, we raised prices about a little less than a year ago, and I, I did not sleep for like a week. I was so stressed and so nervous about this because I was like, these people, everyone's going to leave. We're like, we're done. We're closing. Nobody's going to want us. We're this, we're going to look dumb. We had one, we had one couple leave because it just, they, it was not, they couldn't do it. And it was more like, there were some other side factors in there of, they weren't necessarily our ideal clientele. They had another family member who was an employee of us who was leaving. So like, it'd be kind of weird. They're not like, she's not going to be working for us anymore. So they weren't going to stay. So they're like, they were at a family discount already. And then they were going to be like, prices were going to be raised again. So I was like, it's not the right fit. But again, like two people left due to financial concerns. And I was like, okay, like this is okay. We can do this. And I still, I mean, I have people who tell me like, okay, that's more than I'm looking to pay for right now. And I, I'm not as uncomfortable in those conversations because I truly believe that the service we provide is worth what we charge people. And it's not like we aren't, I mean, I'll be fully transparent. We're $147 a month for three in-person sessions a week. Like I have no shame in sharing that because we offer, like we back that up. We don't cancel sessions. We are always available for people. Nutrition coaching comes with that. Like I could, I could value stack this to show you every, every penny you spend in that 147 is worth it. But it's like, it took a long time to get to that point of being confident enough to say that. And here's where we're at. And here's what we charge. But now to be able to have those conversations, to be transparent with our clients, to say like, here's exactly why we are doing this. I think it brings us closer together as a community. We had a great discussion after this client brought this up today. You know, another client was like, you know what? Like, yeah, I was nervous when when the rates jumped up, but like the fact that you've taken over the whole space, you've added equipment, you your quality of sessions are better, like it's totally worth it. And and we have this great dialogue that gives me more feedback without even asking for it, all because somebody asked a question to me about how like how I'm feeling. So it's pretty cool. Like it's the transparency about money and the transparency about where we are at as at a small as a small business. I think clients have the same concern as as I do of like we could wake up one day and something could happen and this place could be totally shut down. You know, obviously I I pray to God we're not at that point. Like that doesn't happen, but that's the truth. Like they don't want to be screwed out of money because all of a sudden, you know, something tragic happens and complete performance can't be run anymore. They're they're thinking the same thing. Like I don't want to be stuck in payments without getting any service. I don't want to be stuck without, you know, any money while I provide massive amounts of service. You know, we're in the same boat. So were you transparent about that to raise the rates? Meaning like, is that how you approach it? Was like, hey guys, we're going from, I'm just making these up, 97 to 147 a month. I know that's a 50% increase. I know that can be scary. And I know that's a lot for for you for you all, but here's why. Like, were you like, hey, because we want to buy new equipment, we're going to expand, we're going to make classes better. We're going to do all these things. Was that how you approach it? Or because you said you were nervous for a week straight. So yeah. I, I've, I've definitely been there. I understand what, what, what that's like. So was that how you approach it? I wrote a massive letter. I mean, it was like, and every, every time I read it, it was, I was the worst. I probably 
should have just written the letter the night before, read it over the morning of that I was going to send it and just go with it. But no, I like read it and read it and read it and read it and added more things, added more things. I'm like, what more service can we provide? How can we justify this? And But I did. Like I, I listed out everything. I said, here's where we're at. And this is, you know, this is November. Rates are going to, you know, we sent it November. Rates were going to go up in December. We are planning to take over the space in the spring of 2022. So we are, you know, here's why we want to raise rates now so that it's not, there's, there's no point of time where it's like, we're still trying to raise rates, but we're also trying to increase the the rent that we're paying. You know, I, I like in the letter, it said, we want to buy new equipment, but equipment is so back ordered right now. We want to start saving for that so that we can put that order in and not go months and months and months without you seeing the benefit of this equipment. We want to provide more, more challenges, more fun opportunities, more of these fun things that you like to see. And we were as transparent as we possibly could be. And I think I was expecting hate mail for days coming in this letter. Not a peep, not a peep. But a lot of people said it's because of what, you know, we explained everything and everything was laid out clearly in that email. Did they love? Nobody loves to initially see that their membership is going to go up, but they appreciated it. And they appreciated that it's not just like, hey, we're bumping up the rates. Uh, get ready for it. See you in December. Nope. Like here are every single reasons we can come up with why as as to, you know, ease the pain. I know we've said this several times, but it just sounds like in general, you care. Because I've definitely seen where people try to raise the rates and either they're super scared to do it. So they just say like, hey, we're raising the rates and that doesn't go well. Or they just really want more money. So then they're like, hey, we're raising rates. Or you see like the jump of, I'm no longer offering these services for what you're paying. So now you have to pay $500 a month and then you can talk to me on Zoom once a week. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I <laughs> I make jokes all the time. Like I use my psychology degree more than my exercise science degree. It's really just my personality. Like I love my clients. I love them as people. I consider them you know, you've, you've joked with me about it. Like when I say I signed up a new client, it's like, no, I signed up a new friend, like brought in a new friend. Cause I do like, I look at my clients as friends. That doesn't mean we're like going out for beers on a Friday night. It means like my clients want to hang out and chat with me after a workout. And like, I'm like, Hey guys, like, thanks for working out. But like, all right, let's talk about like, let's talk about this now or something. I do. I love hanging out with my clients. I love the the friendships and the community that we've built. I really do care for the people we have. It's care is care is the right word for sure. Which is total opposite. I don't say of all coaches or most coaches. I don't know, but I know a lot. We'll say personal trainers, right? When it's not your business, class is over. I'm gone. I'm out the door. Like I don't have time for your questions. Email me and we can talk then, which never goes over well. Like I remember hiring trainers and that was their mentality and they'd be out the door and I'm just sitting behind the desk, like trying to do administrative work. And then... I'd have to come out from behind the desk to like talk to clients and interact with them and ask them about their day and all the thing because they would just be in and out. They would like show up for their class training and, and bail. And you're sitting there like, do you understand how customer service works? It, it really, yeah. that's one of the hardest things about finding a coach for us right now is because, and part of it is I need to not expect somebody to be me, but I need somebody who cares in the same stratosphere as me, at least. And that's hard to find because I know it's, I know that that's not the name of the game when it comes to personal training, but I've had to do the same thing with coaches. It's like, okay, the session's done. I'm like writing an email quick. Let me finish or like 
put that, save that in my drafts, but like these people need attention. They're cleaning up, they're wiping down equipment and coaches off, like checking her phone or, you know, finding a snack. I'm like, no, no. Like, how was your workout? Um, I want to like, I want to touch base. I want to check in and, and have that level of care with it. Yeah. Because those little touch points become so important. Like a comedian doing a callback that way the next mm-hmm. week you can be like, oh yeah, did you do this? Or, oh yeah, your, your daughter was graduating in fifth grade. Like, how did that go? Like those callbacks are so important because then people actually know that you do care versus like you just show up and get sweaty. You have those people, they don't want to talk to you and they're, you know, cold and stuff and they just want to come and work out. Sure. But that's a small percentage. Most people don't have a lot of people to talk to. That they and I, I, I would argue that those people who are cold, if you remember things from the little bits that they give you, they start to warm up. Absolutely. Yeah. They could have either had a bad experience in the past or just in general, like, you know, just had bad experiences. It's <laughs> the whole time, like you're talking about this, I'm going back to Finding Nemo where they're like sitting in there and they come across the sharks. I think it's Finding Nemo, right? And they're fish are friends, not, not food, food, right? And yes. Clients are friends, not piggy banks. That's what I just yeah. kept thinking in my head. Like, but that's like that, that's the industry, right? Like, especially the I think it's more so probably besides the trainer jumping in and out, like people online, right? Like it, how hard is it to get a coach to do like an open office hours or to jump in and just be like, when do you talk? And they're like, no, no, I do email check-ins only. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay. Like, are you like, there's, there's certain people that can do that. Like I can't, not for nothing, my coach email check-in only. Why? Because that's the client I am. I don't need him to, to talk to me or anything else. I just, because of my health issues, we check in, I do like some biofeedback and that's it. And then I need to do tests or anything like that. Right. That's not like general population. Yeah. I mean, we have office hours twice a week. I love the conversations we have there with clients. I do always apologize to first time office hour attendees and like, Hey, I just want you to know when you come in, you know, there are times like we're going to shoot the shit a little bit. We're going to do your check-in, maybe shoot the shit a little bit more or like if, if nobody else is hanging there, but like, I care more about you and and they all appreciate it. Everybody is, if they, if they have to, if they have to go like parent a kid or cook dinner or something like that, they're like, Hey, can I jump in quick? Sure. No problem. Like it's not a cold. Okay. My macros were this much. Um, I want you to do this much cardio this week. It's like, it's very, it's a very friendly conversation. So I want to transition a little bit into relationships because we have mentioned your husband, Brian, and I'm always very fascinated by this because it's definitely affected my life trying to be an entrepreneur, right? Even if you're the low person on a totem pole, when I worked at different training facilities and every time, like when we would move cities, I'd start back over at the low guy who was scrubbing the toilets, as you said, right? Like that's what happens when you're a trainer, low guy on the pole goes and scrubs the toilets. It's like, whatever, um, you know, just finding your path. But I, I have had great relationships, terrible relationships and everything in between from friends, family, significant others, you know, because of this entrepreneur space. So I'm curious, like, how have you been able to maintain and actually marry Brian and also co-run a business? Like those are things, not only is it hard to be an entrepreneur and even just remotely explain that to your significant other, your family, like my family, no one like has an idea. Like I'll talk to Caitlin, I'll just talk, like talk, 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 10 minutes in a row. And she's like, I'm listening, but I have no idea what you're saying to me. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. like it's okay. So like how have you been able to have not only have a relationship, but also co-run a business with him? Like that's so fascinating to me. Uh unless like there's divorce papers in the mail, which would be funny since you know you live together and just yes, it would hey, honey, you got something in the mail. It can surprise. Uh it really 
so one backstory to our relationship, we met in the gym. So he was the personal trainer at the gym and he really wanted me to be his client. And I was like, no, nah, I got this. Man. Oh, here we go. Okay. Here we know. go. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, see, he was one of those guys, right? <sighs> yeah. That's we, another cliche, right? That's why people can't trust us because of Brian. Yes. <laughs> and it was funny. Like we actually started to talk more because at the gym that I would train at when I would come home in the summer for softball for Christmas break, the turnover of personal trainers was super high. So like I was there all summer. He had just started working there, came home from Christmas break. And I actually said to him, I was like, wow, you're still here. Like I wasn't expecting that. And, you know, then I came back the next summer. I mean, we knew each other for a year, almost a year and a half before we started dating. And it honestly, like my schedule was so crazy at that point. I'm home for the summer. I'm working crazy odd end jobs to make money before I go back to school. I'm also training for a sport in college. Then I go to school. I have morning practices. I have classes. I have afternoon practices. And like, we got it. Like we understood each other's schedules, not saying it was easy by any means, but like from the beginning, we really didn't have a point where it was like, Hey, work a nine to five, see you at five. We'll have dinner together. I will not lie to anyone running a business with your, with your spouse is, is a challenge, especially when your significant other is very opposite in personality to you. I'm the extroverted outgoing, like I'm willing to do these ridiculous costume events, fun things for my people. And Brian shows up in his red, blue, black, or gray apparel, sweatpant apparel. And he's like, Hey, I'm here very low energy, which is honestly probably why we work. I think if we had two super high energy people, I would combust in the relationship. Like I would, I wouldn't be able to handle that. He takes all, like he takes all of my exciting things. Like I'm, I'm like, Oh my God, like all this cool stuff. Like here, I got this idea, this idea, this. And he's like, okay. And sometimes I have to tell him, like, he'll say, I need to, I need a minute to think about this. I'll say, I don't, I don't have a minute to think about it. You know, this is like a, this is a need to know now versus this is a like circle back to this conversation, but we're very opposite. Like I, we, we have really good opposite skills and like, I'm great at the communication aspect. He does all of our finance stuff because I'm like, "Mm -mm, don't know how to do any of that. Budgets don't exist to me, Um, which is not a good thing, but they shouldn't. Yeah. I don't think they're a real thing. I'm, I'm just always, you know, thinking that the IRS is made up and it's just, you know, a tactic that they Absolutely. tell us about. I do a lot of like our, our graphic creation, our design stuff there, a lot of our marketing stuff, a lot of our promotional stuff. He is a great technical trainer, a technical coach, which is so great for so many of our young athletes because they get that. I mean, he works with kids anywhere like nine to 18, you know, for them to be able to taught to be taught the basics of a squat, a push up, things like that is huge. And then for him to jump into some of our group sessions and to coach that and to give them that every now and then is incredible. But people always say, You're, you guys are so different. And I'm like, but it, like the difference works. We wouldn't, if we were the same, this business would not be as great because there's so much balance in what we do. It couldn't be any other way in our business. Like we, we have to have our two different personalities to work like this. When it comes to the marriage front, like communication is key. That's like the most cliche thing you can say when it comes to any relationship. But I am the over communicator. He is the under communicator. 
And we've, we've had to find our balance of that, of what do I need him to communicate better? How can I ask for things better? Because I will, like, I will run myself into the ground until I, I cannot do anything. Asking for help is my biggest weakness. So how can, how can I better ask for help? How can he better look for ways to help? Cause he would be fine doing his things and then like sitting down playing video games. Like that's cool for him where I'm like, I'm over here. I'm slaving away at my job. It's <laughs> um, that's definitely like male versus female though. Like we'll just, yeah, we'll go do the woodworking thing and then and, like just play video games. We're like, yeah, you, you know yeah. where to find us. But I, like every year, I mean, our, our anniversary is coming up in September actually. And I really do feel like every year we get better. And I know a lot of people say the first year is the hardest. I don't think our first year was the hardest. I think the second year was the hardest. That was when we opened a business. That was like pandemic time. So like everything was hard, but I really, we, we just constantly look at each other and say like, if we can make it through, if we can make it through that stuff, we can make it through anything. If we can make it through this, we can do anything. And we've worked odd jobs. We've done different things. I mean, the man's worked at Walmart. He's worked, he's done Instacart. He cuts down trees. Like we're like side hustling all the, all the time. If, if, if it works for us, cause it's like, we know what we want. And that's the biggest thing. We know the end goal is like, we want to run a gym together. We want to run a business together and we'll do whatever it takes to get there because that's like, that's what we have to do. T-shirt design. I forgot. You got to throw the t-shirt design biz in there. Yeah. Etsy store open for purchase Yeah, to plug that at the end. Uh, actually, that's what I was getting ready to ask, which, you know, you've just basically had this conversation with yourself. I've just been here as a hype man. So that's what, yeah. that's what they pay me for. Actually, they don't pay me. But yeah, do you guys, do you guys like intentionally set goals together? I mean, like, obviously, you know, Hey, we want to make this gym successful, but like, do you guys actually say like, all right, Hey, listen, we need to improve on communication. So like, this is the action steps for that. Or like, Hey, five years from now, we want to do this. So like, this is how we do that. Or you're, you're laughing hysterically. So I feel like someone's brought it up and then it just has either never happened or it's caused an argument. Um, who do you think has brought up the goal conversation? Uh, I would, I would guess that would be you. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's such a go with the flow man. And if he sees something like he'll, he'll do it. And I'm very goal oriented. Like you, you give me a task and it's done. If I don't have a task, I will mindlessly work at something and not really like have a great end destination. So I I need goals and I need checklists. He doesn't necessarily operate as well with that, but we like, we have had better conversations about those things. And I think, I mean, one thing with I lead is like the quarterly planning is a good opportunity for me to kind of check in on my stuff and then to turn around and come back him to him and say, Hey, like, here's kind of what we worked on. Um, here's what I'm thinking for us for the quarter. Hey, we're halfway through the quarter. Here's what I'm thinking. And it's, it's helped foster those conversations better for me to, Hey, here are the goals that I've set just touch and base, like letting you know what they are. I know he has goals. I like, I know he does. Are they always I just goals? know it? I knew it. I believe it. <laughs> I, I believe they're there. They're just not as like, like I'm all about like, I'm going to write them down. You're going to see them. I'm going to talk about them. Yeah. That that's my style. And he, that's not his style. And I'm, I just have to accept that like that, that's the way he is. And like, he'll get his stuff done or I'll gently nudge him to get his stuff done if it's not getting done. But I look at like, yeah, his t-shirt store. Like he literally was like, Hey, I made you something cool. Showed it to me. And then all of a sudden he's like up and running the store of like designing t-shirts and apparel and stuff. And I'm like, dude, like 
where did this come from? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, well, I, I just watch like, YouTube. And <laughs> he was like, well, he, he was an art major for a minute in college. Oh, nice. He is very artistic. He draw like, usually my, some type of gift for me involves some type of drawing, which is really cool for me. I know I love watching him do this stuff because I know it's a different side of him that I asked me to draw. You'll get a stick figure. So it's like, it's a very cool piece of him to see. And for him to be able to channel these two things together of like, I like that artistic side. I like that stuff as well as it's another side hustle for us. And, and people enjoy it. Our clients love the stuff that he comes out with. They're like, this is funny. I love this shirt. And you know, it's, it's been a fun thing for him to do. So I know like those goals are there. He just doesn't need to verbalize them as much as I do. By the way, Brian, if you're listening to this, I'm always on your side. Just, just let you know, if you ever need help, feel free to text me anytime. <laughs> he really is. They're all, you guys are always worried that Brian's hiding in the closet, working and like <laughs> waving away at something. Yeah. You've got him chained at the gym and he's just not allowed to leave. He just sits there all day long training people. He, he lives a very happy life. He, I'm actually at the gym more than he is. So he might be chained in a, I don't know, in a closet at home or something. Maybe you sound like somebody describing like their, their pet. Yeah. No, he's very happy. He stays in the cage all day long. Like I promise he gets food and water, but he's happy. Guys. Yeah. I have three, I have three dogs, not two. Ryan's included. <laughs> so you touched on something and I'm curious dealing with relationships and, you know, you said you, you accept who he is and now at face value, you know, we all like to say that, but is that true? Like, do you find yourself like catching yourself if you're trying to change somebody? Meaning like, this is why I asked, I think probably about goal setting was too, is I'm always fascinated to see like, do you set goals together? And if so, like what happens if somebody falls off towards that goal? Is there a conversation or is that like, you got to either quit your shit step up or I'm stepping out, right? Like yeah. how, how do you work together towards something, but also know what each other's strengths and weaknesses are that mm-hmm. way. If something does happen, you can have another conversation around it versus just a blow up. Yeah. So I think of the man loves video games and I knew I married a man who loves video games. And that has been a point of contention of our marriage for a long time because I didn't grow up playing video games. So I don't understand it. And we've really gone through phases of, I don't get it. I don't like it, but I know that you want to play it. So I'm going to like, I don't mean I'm like, I'm not in control of what he does. He's a grown man. He can do what he wants. Right. I'm going to allow it. That's not the right way to say it, but like I'm married to you. I married you knowing you like playing video games. You are going to play video games. I get that. But we also have, we have points where we need to not play video games because we have big deadlines, big goals. Right now, we are a two-man team at the gym. We don't we don't have any help. So we are both putting in extra hours to do extra things. And while I said the money is good with doing this, we want more coaches and we want more money without losing the money that we are currently getting. So yeah, we have to have conversations like, I need you to not play video games right now so that you're going to bed on time, you're getting up, you're pr- providing quality of service to our people. And the conversation does not come across as calmly as I'm making it sound, let me tell you. But he's not, I mean, he's not playing video games right now. And to say he'll never play video games again, I like, no, that's the man likes to play video games and I'm fine. He connects with his friends, his brothers. Like he enjoys doing that with other people. That's how he socializes. But it's through these periods of life where, hey, like we got to tighten up. We got to tighten up on, on our time right now 
that means we need to, I need you. I need you to be awake. I need you to be alert. I need you to be getting good sleep. You can't get sick. You know, we're, it's just the two of us. We can't, we don't have backup right now. You are my backup and I am your backup. And I don't know, it's, it's a hard conversation to have, but it, it was necessary. And it is what it is. Someday he'll play video games again. I know it. And I'm not going to change that about him. Like, I don't enjoy playing video games, so I'm not going to do that. I don't enjoy sitting and just relaxing. The man loves to sit and just chill out and watch a football game. I'll do 10,000 things while we watch football. But like, I'm cool if you're sitting there doing that. Like, I kind of look at clients the same way. Like, I can't make you do something. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. He really is like, he's his own unique person and I married him for, for something, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't marry him because I was like, Oh, let's see how you can change somebody. Like right. I, that's, I think that's a huge thing to relationships of like, if you look at somebody and you're like, Oh, I'm going to marry him, but I'm going to change X, Y, Z. That relationship doesn't work. Like they're their own person. They're probably thinking the same thing about you. I'm going to change ABC about you. So can't change him. Yeah, I agree. And even if you, take something away from somebody you're like you never you should never pick up a you know controller again because if you do you know i'm leaving or something well then you've just enticed that person the next time you argue to just run over to the playstation and just start playing just to piss you off like yeah that's not how you get anything done yeah and, and it's like i know that he enjoys doing this so why would i want to take that away like there's a there's a part of him that that wants to do this but he can't make me stop working i can't make him stop playing video games but we can slow down. Like if we, if we go on a vacation, if we take a weekend off, I know he wants me to just chill and relax and have a low key weekend. I can do that for him. You know, it's respecting each other's wants and desires because yes, like you, you can say like, we're the perfect match, but really like, I think everybody looks at their partner and is like, Ooh, like they may not say it, but like some things can change, you know, like I always visualize my ideal partner like this or something like that, you know, but I like, I don't know. There's no, there's no perfect partner. I'm not going to like perfectly align and create you to be exactly what you want. So I have to work with like, okay, I married you for all the top things you got. You checked my most important boxes. The little boxes were minuscule and I was willing to compromise for those. And I was willing to marry somebody who likes to play video games, who likes to lounge around and watch football and not do 8,000 tasks in, in a day. Who doesn't like check? Who doesn't like taskless? I love taskless. <laughs> Especially critical task lists, right? Yes. Not, not to-do lists, but critical task lists. Let's yes. go. Yes. So I want to do one more transition. And this is more time back into community, but like your actual local community. Because I know you do stuff with softball as well. So how have you been able to... <laughs> I mean, this is like... I, I knew you did other things, but like, it's just crazy now, like thinking through these things with you live on this call. Like you run a gym. You also do softball, like specific type training, right? Your husband does that as well. You also coach. You guys also have like random side hustles, which is a whole other conversation we get into on like how bad do you want it, right? How bad do you want the thing? Like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm a I'm a coach. I'm gonna go all in. So like they quit their job and then they don't actually have clients and then they don't have money. And then they're like, Well, I tried it. And it's like, do you guys know Jordan? Do you know what yeah. she's doing to make her gym successful? She's working side jobs. So that way her gym, which is already successful in most people's eyes, even more successful. Yeah. Uh so how does that go into actually like the stuff you do with your community, right? With the, the softball work you do with other charity, with the, in the community ties you do to gamify everything. Like how, how has that been something that you've also been building out? Yeah. Again, like 
I've, I've said it before, but softball has, has always given to me. So I'm always committed to giving back to them. I've always lived in the same like 15 mile radius since I moved to Minnesota, which was when I was a baby. I mean, I lived in Duluth, which is two hours away. But You're a Cali girl, right? Born, yeah. Born, yeah. Born in Cali. Yeah. Shagas. <laughs> yeah. I like my parents live seven minutes away from me. My gym is two minutes away from me. I'm in a very close network and close fear. And I always think same thing about that. Like this community has given a lot to me. I want to give a lot back to that. Softball, my whole thing is I've had really great coaches, but unfortunately what sticks with me more are the coaches that I really didn't like and that I didn't have good experiences with. So my whole thing is I want to be, I want to be somebody that they did have a great experience with. I I'm the director. So I now have stepped into a role where I don't coach. I'm not on field coaching as much, which is, it's more friendly for my time. Oddly enough, I'm stepping more back into that this year, just because it's, it's good for my business. It's good for me to like build community again, like to foster these connections and to be out at a ball field, seeing these people is great for, for everyone. They want to see the face of the director of the program. Like, duh, that's like any big time business. Like if you, if you meet, if you meet the owner, if you meet the director, you're like, Oh my God, that is like, that's not the, that's not the effect I'm trying to create, but I want to have those, those connections and those conversations with my people in my community. Like we have so many small businesses here. We are a small town around larger towns and we got to celebrate the stuff that we have. I mean, I look at all the little local businesses we have around us. Like if I'm struggling to make my small business grow, these people are probably feeling the same thing. And then you have these small businesses in this community who have been here for years and years and years. And they like the little Ace Hardware store that's nearby. I mean, I remember going to that when I was a little kid. So this, that means like 20 some years, this thing has been around and it's like still kicking and still going. So how have they done it? How can I connect with them? And I like to gamify things to encourage my clients to also do the same, to visit and to connect with and to use these places nearby because not that like big corporations can't be great at what they do, but use the people around you, you know, like let's build this community stronger because that business will hear, Oh, like, I think that, I think that complete performance referred a couple people to them and, and I'm going to refer them back and, you know, Oh, like Jordan sent these people over. Cool. I'm going to send her a thank you or send something back. And like, I do the same thing. It really is like a cool, small community that we live in. That I just I don't want to lose that aspect of small community. They're building massive apartment complexes in here, and I don't want it to turn into this huge, large city feel. I want it to stay this small, fun, like hometown style feel where you know every every almost everything is a small business. It's like locally owned. People want to go to the local store. They want to go to the Mexican restaurant down the street because it's not Taco Bell. They want to go to you know the the local salon nearby because they they've known the owner since she started cutting hair years and years and years ago. And I think that's cool because someday I hope people would do the same for our business. Absolutely. I mean, I know we, we've talked about networking, connecting a couple of different times on here, but even I think the the importance of what you just said is even if you have an online only business, you're still local to somewhere unless you've just made millions and you travel internationally, you have a connection somewhere. It doesn't matter if it's your hometown or not. You're still in an area like our business is online. I do most of my business online, but I'm still locally in this area, actually going out, connecting and doing uh, coffees with whoever I meet, right? I try to do that on Fridays. I go out, 
And I actually tried to use this uh, space that's in one of the coffee shops that's connected to a church to then also be like, hey, I want to do something for local business owners here. Like, do you think once a month I could rent out this space? And they're like, yeah, actually, it's free for, for up to three hours. I'm like, cool, let's do something in October, right? So it's just like, how can you connect and help out your community? Because if that is what you want to do, if that is the person that you are, you're going to get clients or you're going to get the word out regardless, right? It doesn't always have to be a transactional thing. It's always compound interest. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's like a lost art. I think online coaches think they're going to just pick up clients from all over the world, all over the country, all over the world. And the reality is the majority of my on. I mean, I think I have three online clients who live outside of my state and the majority of these people live, they just live 30, 30 minutes plus away from me and they just don't want to drive to my gym, you know? stay local with your people and and being online doesn't mean you can't connect with people, you know, like meet people. They're still going to refer to you. You can still be an online coach to somebody who lives in your neighborhood. Yeah. Everyone starts doing the influencer math, right? They're like, okay, if I charge $300 per online client, which is good luck. Yeah. Then, <laughs> I mean, I know some really, like you could get an epic coach like that's been in this industry that that works with like professionals, whether that's stage athletes, right? Bodybuilding or like legit NFL athletes for like close to 300 a month. Like, yeah, it's gracious. Whether you're like, okay, 300 a month at a hundred. And I know I follow this other girl and she built a business that she did that. And so now I know I can do it within at least three months. Cause she said she did it in like 45 days. So if I double that and give myself 90 days, my goodness, I'll have a lean by fall. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No, you don't do that because you have to have an audience. Like, yeah, if you want to go show your your butt off, that's cool. But that doesn't always still translate to clients because that no. typically translates to weirdos in your DMs. Or like an OnlyFans page, which I mean, like, I guess you can, I don't know, like you can make a lot of money there if you want, but. Yeah, people seem to be doing well on, you know, various things. The internet has definitely opened up a space for everyone. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But it, it just goes into... Like uh, we were talking before we started recording that, you know, we we call that the run the block, that too many people have gotten out of this. Everyone went online and decided that I can now be an, an online entrepreneur. And I don't want to get on a soapbox here, but I find it hilarious. And I've started being sarcastic on some posts. I'm not a troll by any means. But one of the dudes that uh, I I didn't work with him directly, but one of my mentors worked with. And so when he would get like this guy really good at copywriting and marketing. And so when my mentor would get like ideas from him, he would send them to me and be like, hey, this is what this dude's thinking. And so I follow him, never talk with him personally again. And he's really good. He's made millions of dollars. He was a millionaire by 24, right? Selling like dating and stuff to dudes. So yeah, there's your market. So now he sells copywriting and courses and other things to mainly younger dudes in the entrepreneur space. Nothing wrong with that. But what I find hilarious is he's selling a course on how to sell courses to these kids now. And it's like, okay, so these young kids who probably don't have a lot of experience are now getting a course on how to sell courses to then sell to other people about selling courses. I'm just like, in my head, like, where on the MLM are are we stacked? here like so everyone's selling courses about selling courses to other people who want to know how to sell courses like who's at the bottom (laughs) that like doesn't know that the that the game's being played on them that the trick's on them right and it's just like is is, is this where we are is this like like i look at coaching i'm like that's where we are with coaching like because whether you're in this space or any space they've all gotten the same information right and if you look at a triangle right or a pyramid quote-unquote scheme 
all the information is disseminated from like a few people like Tony Robbins and those Taki Moors are at the top. And then they're telling these people behind the scenes, this is what you do. This is how you do it. And then they're going down, down. And then depending on how much you can afford for your yearly coaching, you get the next layer of information with a different bow on it. Right. Yep. And so it's just, it's like, if you just get out of that for a second, and if you would just network locally, do it once a week for six months, right? That's what six times four, 24 plus a week in there. So I think 26 connections, if that's correct, for, for half a year. Do that. That's 26 people you've now met, whether they have a big business, a small business, maybe they're, uh, I don't even know, youth pastor. I, I was just thinking of the church coffee again. Whatever it is, like that's 26 connections. I guarantee you at the end of that six months, you would probably have at least 10 new clients just from people talking about they met you and they had conversation with you. And you should probably go see Jordan because she's doing amazing things over there in Minnesota. Yeah. I, I just... I think that people forget that. Like you, let's say you want to meet Tony Robbins. You don't wake up one day and like Google the, the, the phone number for Tony Robbins. Like you got to meet somebody to meet somebody, to meet somebody, to meet somebody. But like, you got to start meeting somebody first. You know, if you, if you want to meet that like big time connection or, you know, like if you want whatever it is, whatever you want your end goal to be of like me, I want, I want my gym full. I want a lot of clients. Right. Like I have to meet more people to do that. It's not just going to like spontaneously happen. It doesn't work like that. And I think everybody, like I got somebody like with a blue check was liking and commenting on all of my stuff today. And I was like, oh my God, somebody with a blue check likes my Instagram. <laughs> and then Uh-oh. part of me is like, you know, like you, I have no idea who it is. She's just got a blue check. She was featured on MTV and Discovery Channel. Nice. Still, don't, still don't know who she is, but I'm going to roll with it. What's in the bio? Anything about upgrade your your strategy? No. Uh, MTV slash discovery channel. Uh some like mom's thing. Um mm. but it, it, like right, either way, like I don't get to somebody with a blue check doesn't start liking my stuff if I didn't put in this work to grow that. And yes, like I'm back to talking about online, but like I don't meet the the chiropractor, the local chiropractor that I network with if I'm not sending, if I'm not looking for places to send my clients, you know, he's got a whole network of people that he now can send to us. You just have to like start small. And even if that means you like introduce yourself to like your neighbor, you know, my neighbor works at Walgreens. He's happy to send people my way. Like, he's like, I'm not really allowed to plug people at Walgreens, but like if somebody comes in and they are looking, like I will tell them to come to you. Cool. <laughs> I love that. Deal, man. Deal. <laughs> I will tell somebody to come to your register at Walgreens whenever. That's awesome. You know, like start little, like you never know, like maybe the guy refers so many people to me from Walgreens that like the regional director, supervisor of Walgreens is like, who are you sending all these people? Where are you sending all these people? Cool. Now I got to hook up at Walgreens. Like, you never know what can happen. You never know from the people you talk to. That's so true. And uh, I, I know we've we've been crushing time on this, so I do want to be respectful of your time. Um, but I do want to ask a, a couple uh, quick questions. And one of those uh, is, you know, if somebody's listening to this, my mom and sister aside, that they're like, yeah, okay, so I'm starting out this business. They've told me a bunch of like random tips and tricks and like, that's cool. But like, what would your advice be to someone that's maybe trying to start up a business? Is it to first, you know, gain some clientele before you try to do brick and mortar? Is it like, hey, what I'm seeing, you could probably just go online, right? This could be a coaching space. This could be a, a local guys listen, if you're a local business, 
like a bakery, you're probably going to be, you know, actually, I don't want to say that because I know a few different bakeries and sweet treats that have actually started online cooking in their kitchen before they moved into a space. But sure. what what would be, you know, one, two or three like takeaways that you've learned from, you know, that start point to like the six month looking back now that like you kind of wish like someone would have tapped you on the shoulder and been like, either this is going to be really hard or these are kind of things you could do to level up to, to get to those 40 clients quicker. You know, I, I mean, I have to say number one is like find people and care for those people. Pour into your people has to be the the first and foremost thing that I would tell somebody. But while you're doing that, you have to be willing to do things for free. I know we always think, you know, Joy, no, I do that. I give things away for free all the time. Ah, like I can just hear it now. Right yes. Now. Yes, but do it without the expectation of a paycheck to come with it. Oh, expectations. Because I really don't think a lot of people do that. You know, we we talked, we hit on that. And I think that's really true that people just, I'm sending this, you know, this, this link to our big ass salad challenge, but like secretly, I want you to join the big ass salad challenge. So you sign up as a client, like, absolutely. Like, I hope everybody who does our big ass salad challenge falls in love with what we do and they want more of it. Like. But not, I don't want that for me. You know, I want that for them. I want them to realize how simple eating a salad a day can be. Deal. But be willing to like give things away for free and and work with people because that shows you care. So that that like covers that box. They build trust within you. So also checking another box. And two, it shows that you have experience and knowledge. So there are three things that I think most clients are looking for in in a coach. They want somebody who cares. They want somebody they can trust. And they want somebody who knows what they're doing. Boom, boom, boom. Done. Consider it sold. They're in. Keep on going from there. <laughs> no, like trust. You're, you're 100% correct. Uh, it's so important. I, I think what people don't don't realize about that is, as you said, expectations. Like People sniff out a mile away when you're just one DM message away from being like, I've got this group. Want to join it? Like they know it's coming, man. You don't, you probably didn't have to ask the first three questions. They can see it. Like they can just sense it. They can sense you like not wanting to actually connect with them and ask questions. You know, what's funny is like, since you taught me a little bit how to handle these conversations better in a sell by chat format, it's like, shouts to talk you more looking back at, you know, like somebody messages and they want this, you know, they want the link to the big ass salad challenge. And then going into my DMs to see the last time that I messaged them and seeing the douchey, scammy, like, hey, running a free challenge in my group. Want to join? Message sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> it's so like, I mean, I've done it. Like we, I think every coach goes through that phase where you're like, hey, somebody said to do this. So do it. And I'm like, this is so awkward. Like I wish I could delete, 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 delete. <laughs> <laughs> start start fresh start fresh yeah, like the vanish button on uh instagram just like, yes. i want this to go away i don't want to ever see this again please like don't don't remind me don't remind me my favorite part of this whole thing is we haven't got tactical at all and so like if there is somebody like oh, why they haven't given me tactics they haven't talked about social they haven't talked about in, like jordan's killer instagram which by the way blew up in june and then blew up again in july and i'm guessing august is probably just carrying away with that and like your videos your reels crack me up like i i don't just comment to comment like sometimes i will like if i know someone's not getting love or anything but yeah. like i genuinely laugh when i see your reels and stuff because i i think you're you're taking some of the uh viral content but like making it very much your own like you'll see a lot of people try just to imitate and i think yeah. imitation uh just it's not on, great. On, 
No, because once you've seen it twice, and then you're if you're flipping through reels, which you know probably your clients are, if you're flipping through reels and you've seen it twice, and then you come across it a third time, and it's just the exact same thing, like someone trying to copy a copy of the copy, like we just talked about with you know coaching and nutrition, like it do, it doesn't work. Like people don't think that's genuine, but your stuff, like you take the viral content and you make it your own, and you make it about health and fitness, and it's just it's fun. It's amazing. Speaking of that, before I forget, like where. Uh, where can people find you? Um, you know, if they want to connect, if they want to watch your your virality uh, for your videos, where where can people follow you? What's best? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, pigeons. Uh, what do you what do you use? I mean, send a carrier pigeon up to Minnesota. Just do it before snow falls because it gets cold here in October. But seriously, I am all over Facebook and Instagram. Facebook, Jordan Davies, D A V I E S. Don't forget the I or the E. People forget the E. Sorry. Um, <laughs> And then Instagram, Jordan underscore CP coach is my Instagram handle. And I'm all over both pretty much every day, which is, is fun. It's been fun to like watch, watch the both of them grow, particularly Instagram. As you said, the the videos are, are, are fun over there. They're definitely killer. And so before we go, I do want to touch on one thing and that's going to be content because you came in to our network and I've not been trying to plug in this. Anytime you've ever plugged us, I've just kind of like steered away from that conversation because I didn't want to get into into that at, at this time. We will definitely one day, but you're a great writer, right? Like you came in already having a good writer. Cause that's the number one complaint that we, I don't want to say complaint. That's the number one fear a lot of any online business or local business has, right? When, when they go on entrepreneur, solopreneur, doesn't matter. They, they're afraid of either what they write is going to sound stupid. They don't know what to write. Or their peers are going to like come in and just like, you know, call them out like MythBusters for some reason and be like, "You're stupid, stop commenting." So like, they they don't do that. So like we you know have a system where like we teach you guys like how to do it with templates uh, as far as like here's like how this kind of looks and then we we teach you to make that your own so it's not just like this is blank and you should do blank right not boring we make it your own. But I want to highlight because in the last couple of weeks you took a subject. That if you just came to me and said, we're going to do this, I would have been like, don't do it. This is going to be terrible. You took water and you made it fun and you actually got people <laughs> like you're laughing. You took water, something that's so boring. And I would have been like, don't, Jordan, please don't write about water. And you actually got people interested in it. And that just blew my mind. And I was like, dude, you're not doing enough. If Jordan's now like out writing you on something like water, like, I need to step my game up because I would have told you don't do it and you did it and it worked. Like what, what is that? Like, were you getting feedback from clients? Were you just like, ah, I don't, I'm tired of doing the same old, same old. Cause you, you know, you had the big ass salad challenge, which that's catchy that like perks eyes up and, you know, deer and headlights are looking around like, Oh, big ass salad. What what is that? So like, are you just figuring this game out? Like, is this just becoming easy for you or like, was this feedback or just taking a chance? You know, I'll I'll charge you my like sponsorship fee and and stuff later. But uh, Cam, you actually you posted something in our group about wanting to serve a specific point. Like everybody knows water is good for them, and that it was a huge game changer for me I, to be able to look at things like protein, water, exercise, and be able to like specify even further, and to not just give something the same old boring thing, but to actually say. Hey, I know water is super important. I'm going to teach you how to train your bladder to drink more water, which is literally like, that's how I went about it. And I knew I wanted to talk about water in that week. And I really just sat down and thought, what do my clients say? 
about water. Like what is their biggest pain point in not drinking water? Yes. Some of them don't like the taste. Yes. Some of them, it's just, you know, they, they drink too much other crap, like pop and, and energy drinks and whatnot. But the number one thing is the ability to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, well, if I can help more people solve problem, this problem, drinking water's like no big deal. I mean, the fact that that came out of that, I mean, my clients got a kick out of it. When I did our training for them, they were like, I cannot believe you're going to talk about this. Like, I have to watch what this is about. But other people like, oh my God, I have to go to the bathroom all the time. Or like, I work with a lot of teachers, a lot of nurses. You can't stop teaching your first grade classroom. You can't stop with a patient because you have to go to the bathroom to be able to like help them solve this problem more was really beneficial for them. So that's really what I'm like, what I try to do is I'm going to take some boring old topic of like water that's been run down, drink more water, drink more water, dude. We know, like, we know we should drink more water and I'm going to make it really simple. I'm going to make it something that you can benefit from. And if I can give them a different tidbit of information that they can use, they'll come back for more content. They definitely will. It, it just still blows my mind that, 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 cause I wouldn't even have thought like going to the bathroom and that's just, I guess, because I'm at home and I've probably been removed from that. Right. But yeah. I remember in school, like, you know, the, you, you took creatine, right? So this is, you know, what, two decades ago now? Oh my God. How old am I? Damn, you're decade old. and a half ago. Fudge. Uh, but being in high school and you took creatine, we took creatine, you had to chug down water. You're going to go into kidney failure, right? Like that was, <laughs> that was the thing. And so, yeah, like I, when you were writing or I was reading your writing, I was like, oh my God, I completely forgot about that. Like I had to get up and go out of class like twice in every class. Cause we did block scheduling. So, right. We had four yeah. classes, 90 minutes and I'd get in trouble all the time. They'd be like, you can't go to the bathroom. I'm like, but I have to pee. Yeah. <laughs> But if yeah. you're working with a doctor or a nurse, like they can't stop the surgery and be like, oh, I know we're Time right out. in the middle of this artery, but I've got to go guys. Yeah. So it's just, it, it's fun. I like, I like to bring a lot of light to, to some of these big pain points and big problems. And the bladder one was definitely, that one made me giggle as I was writing it. This is where I always get super jealous of Elon because he made the company, the porn company, which is just like, you know, where they overcharge for, you know, really cool things just to basically fund their other stuff. Because uh, I think that'd be such a great line for like a marketing company, the boring company, right? Yeah. Just a line, you know, for like quote unquote viral marketing. Because that, that's what you did. You took a boring subject and you just made it fun. Yeah. You made it entertaining and, and you got people talking about it. And I think that's the important thing, whether you want to call it marketing or branding or whatever it is, but you got people to have a conversation around a boring subject and brought attention to it, which is what we're all after in, you know, the, the creator economy. So well done to you. And you. it's been it's been fun uh, reading your writing as of late. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, of course. So Jordan, uh, I always love doing this with you. Uh, so this is going to be a random, we're going to do four question hot seat here to, to, to end this. This is where things come out that I don't mean for them to come out. Uh, this, this one won't be bad. I, I promise. This one will be fun. Uh, it's a slight rendition from the, the one we did before. So, so okay. you'll be fine. I'm ready. All right. All right. We got four question hot seat. Are you ready? Ready. All right. First one. Favorite streaming site? Hulu. If you had a $1 million, what's the first two things you buy? More dogs. And I really, I, I don't know. It's fresh in my mind. I saw like a super cool black Tahoe RST the other day and I want it. Those are sick. I'm not going to lie. Those are sick. Yes. 
when it, when I was uh, going to get my Jeep, I was uh, my brother-in-law's brother. Uh, he sells uh, for a Chevy dealership. So I was like, oh yeah, let's just price one. And then uh, he got back to me and he's like, oh, and it's on back order. I was like, oh no, yeah. number one price to back order. I can't get yes. those. <laughs> I know we're like, we're on the drive home and I like Googled it. And I was like, Ooh, okay. So yeah. long, long-term goal, long-term goal. Once you hit over a thousand dollars a month for car paint, I'm just like, nope. that's like a, that's, that's more than the house in yep. some places. All right. Uh, question three, you get to spend one day with anyone in the world. For free who is it the living or dead yep uh i don't know why i asked that honestly it probably has to be Derek jeter Ooh. michael jordan's a really close second the jeter i'm a yankees guy so mad respect there i i love his leadership and i love his like aspect for always wanting to win again the community aspect so Yay. Definitely. I hope there's a like a really good Jeter doc one day because I'd be fascinated to know mm-hmm. not only during his career but post career, like the whole thing with the Marlins and trying to like own them and then got out. Like you know what was going on there because of who he is. Like I mean, did you not watch like the most recent stuff? Yeah, but is that I, I'm always the guy who wants more. I'm sorry. Okay. I always want I, more. Just like the and one doc, the and one doc came out. I want more. Like I, I don't feel like they dug enough. They didn't dig dig deep enough for me. I want like journals. I want, <laughs> I want, I want documentation. I want to see the affidavits. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm good with it. <laughs> uh, last question. Uh, this one's uh, just kind of a random question, but you had to go all in on one thing as in like you had to put all your eggs in one basket for either a social media quote unquote site, or you're going offline and just your gym and connecting. What do you think would be like the best thing possible to grow your gym from where it's at. You said you want to hit 120. I'm guessing 200. Like that just in my mind for whatever reason. I feel like that's probably a goal for you. Maybe you said it one time or not. What would be the next thing or the best thing possible for you to actually grow and do that? Is it growing your audience online? Is it networking? If you only could pick one channel though, how do you do that? I would go Facebook. That is where primarily all of our traffic has come from. And also because I think you can connect more to the community around you with Facebook now. So Ooh. weasel my way around. Yeah. yeah that, I, honestly, I thought you were going to say like, no, I would just go like, you know, make friends with the community. So I, I was actually surprised by that one. So yeah. I think so many, I just think so many businesses have Facebook pages now, or you have so many like community pages that you could network still locally through Facebook without, without leaving your, your space. Absolutely. And plus what they're doing with WhatsApp and now they're going to do community pages on there. Like there's a bunch of things they have in the pipeline. That's just going to make that even if you don't want to use Facebook, yeah, you're going to have other options to build those out in community chats and stuff. So totally. Jordan, this has been fun. This has been a blast. We've blown through time and I appreciate it. I appreciate you showing up. Appreciate you giving us some advice for local and possibly small entrepreneurs, solopreneurs kind of trying to figure some things out. So hopefully this has been useful for you all. Thanks for everybody. Thank you all for joining us and we'll catch you next time. See you soon. Thanks for earning experience points with us today on Run the Block, part of the Cam Explains Immersion channel. If you actually want to work with me or my team at No Clouds Media, connect with me on Instagram at cam.explains. There you'll find even more helpful content tips, growth strategies, our latest downloads, or if nothing else, I can guarantee you'll get a good laugh of myself or our pup Oliver throughout the day. Just hit me up at cam.explains. Bonus, if you are following me on Instagram, you also get first dibs on limited spots for the community we're building inside of our network, where we will have tons of free resources, overtime sessions, networking events, special guests, and much more planned as we grow. 
So be sure to follow along at camp.explains, and we will see you for your next session of Run the Block to earn even more experience points. Hope this helps, and remember, kindness. Pass it on. Bye for now. Thank you.